this week, I want us to start off with realizing that we're all from different backgrounds. We're all from different families and the way we were raised. And, and really, all that means is we're all on a journey. My wife likes to say it this way. She says, you, you're, what you're going through today, I may have went through yesterday or I may go through tomorrow. And what I'm going through, I can help you along. Or We're all in this together. And if we just all can link up, we're all on a journey. And we're all at different places on this journey. But at some point, all of us on this journey want something to be different. Something in our life may be personal or something relational. Maybe it's something professional with your job. Or it could be a whole number of things. But it's important to note that people who want things to change have to take next steps. And what I mean by that is if you're in this path, because we're on a journey, and you're standing here, and people may be going all by you, and you just feel like you, every, you're standing still, and everybody else is just zooming right by you, and you may feel like you're being left behind. But until you take whatever the next step is that you have in front of you, you won't continue on in that journey. It's important to know that you have to take the next step. Now, the Bible says that God lights our path, but we still have to take that step. And as Michael kind of alluded to earlier, we're going to hear a lot about next steps this morning because that's really what the message is about. But here's the danger. We often think that we know what that path should look like, or we know what that next step should be. And when it doesn't look like what we think, we can get all tripped up. And I have a funny video from Church of the Highlands. Pastor Steve was ministering, and he talked a little bit about this. It's only about a minute long, but uh, I want you to see this part. It is kind of funny. Turn your attention to the screen. It's very important for people who want change and are taking next steps to not get locked in to what they think that next step should look like. Like anybody that's ever had a relational crisis knows what it is when you and your spouse are engaged in battle, you just want them to see it your way and just behave. I mean, that, that would just, if I could just tell that to my wife one time, and she's not in this room, so y'all don't tell her that I said that. But if I could just tell her that, then everything would be okay. But that's not the pathway that God would lead me to change. He's probably going to lead me to serve her and to love and to pray for her and to be gentle and to consider what's going on in her. You know what I'm saying? So anytime we want change in life, we have to recognize that sometimes that pathway is not one that we're considering. Now, isn't that the way it goes? That we think this way. We have our mindset on this is the path that it should be and this is the way it should go. And, and if I'm in a conflict with my wife and, and, and we're not agreeing or we're not seeing the same way, my thought is if she'll just change, if she'll just get it all worked out, and yes, I played this when she was here in the first service and so I'm not getting in trouble. If she says, are you going to say things in the second service that I'm not going to hear? I'm like, we're recording it. How can I keep it from you? But anyway, it, but isn't that the way we respond? It's like, if you would just change, I would be okay. But oftentimes God's like, that's not really the path that I have for you. I have a path over here. But we often reject the path that God has for us because it doesn't look like what we think it should look like. I want to say that again. We often reject the path that God has for us, the way he's leading us, because it doesn't look like what I think. 
And a perfect example of this is in the Bible. In the Old Testament, in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1, we pick up. It says, The king of Aram had a great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him, listen to that, through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Well, we got a conflict right here. We're just from the word go, we see. So here, Naaman is the the commander of all of the armies. And and he's the one out there leading the whole battle. And he's giving all these great things. And and the king is even recognizing as God that is delivering the, the enemies into God's using him in a great, powerful way. Yet he's got leprosy. Their law said that when you have leprosy, and leprosy was a terrible disease, that your, your extremities would just fall off, like your nose would fall off, there'd just be a gaping hole, and it's like nasty, and your ears would fall off, your fingers would fall off, your toes would fall off, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and then you get infections, because it's just open, and it's just nasty, and so it's very contagious, so their law was, if you got leprosy, you had to be outside the camp. How can he be outside the camp and be the commander of the armies? But he's so instrumental to their health as a country you got to leave him as the commander but how and so he's got all the struggle that's going on but at this time verse 2 it says they had invaded the land of israel and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to naaman's wife as a maid and that was the culture back then. If the, one country went and attacked another one and they, they won, then they would gather all the people and they would become their slaves and they would work for them as just free labor. Not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's what it was. So here's this young girl from Israel and she's working for Naaman's wife. So one day the girl, verse 3, said to Naaman's wife, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria he would heal him of his leprosy. So here this young girl from Israel is a servant girl. Her, her whole culture had been taken captive. And here she is serving them. And her heart is such a godly heart that she wants for her master. She's not begrudging him that she's on this path. And, you know, she's upset because he's, he's there and he's doing all these things. And like her heart is like, man, if he would just go and see the man of God. I know he would get healed. But isn't that like us? That we see people in our lives and we say, man, if you would just get in God, if you would just see a change in your life, if you would just go to church, if you would just like plug in, if you could just do this, I just know God could do something great in your life. So Naaman's wife told Naaman, and then we see in verse 4, Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. So here we see next steps. We see what the king says. He says, go. Next step is go. The next step is visit the prophet. So he's saying, don't just stay here hoping it's going to get better. Take the next step and go and visit the prophet. And he goes, I will even send you a letter of introduction to take with you. So, and I, I'm skipping over some verses for the sake of time, but he goes and he presents himself to the king and the king gets word to the prophet Elisha, and so he sends him over to his house. So verse 9, so Naaman went with his horses and his chariots, and he waited at the door of Elisha's house. So here we have the commander of the army. He's got all this great um, recognition. He's so, you know, esteemed and powerful, and he's got a letter from the king to their king, and he's got all this gold. He's got all this money. He's got all this stuff. He's like, here am I at the, king, at the, the door of Elisha, but 
Verse 10. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Next steps. Go and wash seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. And I can't help but pausing here. And this is a continuation and it wasn't even intended to be of last week's message where we see that there's two different states. There's the, the outside state of what's going on in his life, his body, the, the, the nose is falling off and the ears falling off. That's, that's the outside, the skin. That's the outside. He goes, well, that will be restored and you will be healed. That's the inside of it. He says, I'm going to do two things. This is what will happen. Verse 11. But Naaman became angry. And he socked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like us sometimes? Just get so indignant, you know. Well, that's not how I thought this was going to go. He continued. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy or call on the name of the Lord, his God, and heal me. Now, interesting side note. Isn't it crazy it says his God? And yet the previous verses said that God used him to deliver the country. God was using Naaman and he, he was just there participating, but he really didn't have a relationship with God. A whole other message right there. But he says, I had this expectation of him. He's going to come, just wave his hand over me and he'd go, oh God, in the name of, I mean, you just go to this thing. And then all of a sudden I would be healed. He had in his mind how it would be. And he's upset that the guy wouldn't even come talk to him. He's like, don't you know who I am? I'm the commander of this, and I got this going on for me, and I've got, here's all this money I brought for you, and you send a messenger to see me? Continues verse 12. Aren't the rivers in Damascus, where he's from, and the different names, better than the rivers of Israel? Isn't it better where I come from? Your rivers are nasty. Why should I get in there? Why shouldn't I just wash in the rivers from my home and be healed? He's like, I really don't want to do it your way. Why can't I just do it my way and get the same results? So Naaman turned away and went away in a rage. I love this. But he had some good people around him. He had this girl who had a heart for him. He says, hey, go, go listen to the man of God. Go get plugged into what he said. He's got a plan that you can get healed. And verse 13 says, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? If he said, you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to pay more money, okay, some people back get the money. You know, if he gave you this big task to do, wouldn't you have done it? So certainly, you should obey him when he simply says, go, wash, and be cured. He's saying, you need a next step, and it's given to you, but you're rejecting it because it's so simple. Thankfully, Naaman listened. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times. Now, I'm sure he's sitting there like, okay, I'm going to try this. I don't believe it's going to work. Dips down one time, two times, three times. Like, nothing is happening. I mean, shouldn't something be fixing right now? I mean, if it, nothing's going on, why am I doing this? But on the seventh time, his skin became healthy. That's the skin of a young man. And he was healed. 
God did this amazing thing, but he had to take the next step. It had to be what God was telling him to do, not what he thought. But see, the same thing I said, he refused and he rejected the plan of God because it wasn't what he thought. Isaiah 43, 19 says, God speaking to us says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Another step. See? Can you open your eyes and see what's going on? But I don't know about you, but oftentimes right in the middle of where I'm at, I can't see it. And I love that God is so like, can't you see it? But now, I'm, I'm a few years older than I used to be, and I really don't want to talk about how old I am because that kind of is depressing. But if I look back to my teenage years, I look back and go, Oh, I see why I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. But when I was a teenager, I'm like, well, who do you think you are telling me that? I'm, I know everything and I could do all this stuff. But as I look on this side, I look back and go, oh, I wish I had done things differently. But isn't that the way it goes? We can only see what we can see right now. But God's like, you don't see it. But I've got something goes on he goes i will make a pathway through the wilderness i will create rivers in the dry wasteland and again it ties right into last week what we were talking about he goes man you may be in the wilderness you may feel like man there's just nothing but dryness around me or i'm in a wasteland or everything is just terrible and he's like i've got a plan and i'm taking you through that i'm creating a path and i'm creating rivers Another version says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. You can't keep looking at yesterday. Can you imagine if you're driving down the road, just looking in the rearview mirror? How far would you get driving down the road? How safe would that be? You'd probably end up needing an insurance adjuster pretty quickly if you're just trying to look at this driving down the road. Don't dwell on the past. God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Can't you get it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You see, we often can't see the work that God is doing in our lives. But you see, God has been involved in your life from the beginning. He isn't scrambling up in heaven saying, what are we going to put together? They prayed last night. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Okay, Holy Spirit and, uh, and Jesus and God, I'm here. And look at some angels in here. And okay, well, get Moses because he'll help. And, you know, look at some, okay, what are we going to do? Man, what? Oh, look, oh, that's a mess. He's not up there wringing his hands going, oh my gosh, how are we going to figure it? He knows you. He knows the plans he has for you. But he knew everything about you before you were even thought by anyone here. He knew about you. Maybe you weren't even planned by your parents, but you were planned by God. He knew you. He accepted you. He chose you. Psalm 139 says, He knew you in his book. All of your members were written before the foundations of the world. We talked about a few weeks ago how... Christ died for all of your sins. Not just the ones that you've done up to now, but all of them through your entire life. He knew every mistake you'd make. He knew everything you do right, everything you do wrong, and he still chose you. says that in his book, all of our chapters are written. But some of us write some other chapters in there that God didn't write. And he's like, I knew those too, and I still love you. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. He's like, man, I know everything about you. And I got a path for you. And I got a plan. And I've got this, this journey for you to go on. But it requires next steps to be able to go on them. But all change is gradual. If I go work out, I don't just go to the gym one day and go, bam, I'm now Popeye's like, boom, look at these guns. I got it going on. I went one day. It doesn't happen that way. The same way if I eat donut, eat a dozen donuts every day, the first day I'm not going, oh my gosh, I need a bigger belt. No, it happens progressively. It happens gradually. If I eat Little Debbie's all the time, pretty soon I'll be looking pretty sad. My wife, I talk about her pretty often, but my wife just started this thing and she's lost so much weight. But it's not because she just went on this crazy diet or she went on this thing. But the first day she went on this, it wasn't like all of a sudden all this results. It's over time. It's gradual. I'm so proud of her of what she's doing. But you see, what she did is a life change. But can I tell you something? You can't be what you can't see. You can't be what you can't see. That's why we need God in our lives. So we can see what he sees about us. He says, I'm doing this thing. See, I'm doing this great thing. Can't you see it? No, I can't see it often. But God says, man, I've got this thing I'm going on for you. We need him. To show us what he sees. But I don't know about you, but my thoughts when it comes to how I see myself are usually in two different things. Number one, this isn't working. I'm like Naaman. Okay, I dipped three times. Nothing's happening. Fourth time, fifth time. Still, nothing is happening. Or the other thought I have is like, no one will ever know if you do that. You can do this over here. Nobody's watching. It'll be okay. You see, the thing that we haven't changed, what is important is the next step. Not the 20th step from now, not 20 years from now, but what is the next step from where you're at right now? And I'm going to tell you, every single one of us has a next step. Whether you just walked into church off of the street, you've never heard a word about God, or you've been in your church all of your life, and you're 500 years old, all of us have a next step. But here's the thing. People who want to change take next step. Remember, we started in the beginning. It says, at some point, we're going to all want to change something in our lives. Whether it's relationships or professional or personal things. We have to take next step. And God wants us to do that as well. Next week, we're actually going to continue kind of the little theme that's like going on. And we're going to be talking about the barriers that will prevent us from taking those next steps. So you'll definitely want to be a part of that. And if you didn't hear last week's message, I encourage you to go and listen to that and let all the pieces of the puzzle come together. But imagine if you were working out and you went to the gym and you just simply looked at the equipment and go, yep, that looks like that's pretty heavy. Yeah, I bet if I lifted that, something happened. Oh, that little thing that's going around and around and around. I, I, I bet I could run on that. I mean, I, I see people doing that. And you just go and look at it. Are you going to have any results in your life? Or what if you just went and worked out one body part? Like you worked out one arm. Like I just worked and I just lifted the weights on this one arm and nothing else happens. Or what if you just went and worked out legs? 
And all of a sudden you get these monster legs, but the rest of your body is just completely out of proportion. No, you have to have a plan. One day you say, okay, I'm going to work out chest today. The next day you're going to work out arms. And the next day you're going to work out legs. And the next day, the next step you're doing in all of these different things is a plan that you've got going on in your life. The same thing is true in your life with God. There's another plan. There's a next step. And we like to say it like this. The first step is we want you to know God. Another step is we want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your purpose. And we want you to make a difference. And each one of these things have steps built in with it. But you see, it's the same way of, as if you're going to the, church, uh, the gym. Can you imagine if you just came and you said, I'm just going to work on finding freedom. I'm just going to chase and, and focus on finding freedom. But you never do any of the other stuff. Be like going and just working on legs. Or you say, hey, I'm just going to focus on finding my purpose. And that's what I'm going to chase around all this time. But nothing is ever completely gone. Or maybe you say, hey, I'm just going to go to church so I can check that box and say, I went to church today. It's like going to the gym and looking at the equipment. Like, yep, that'll work. That little thing over there looks pretty heavy. I could pick that up. See, everyone who's working out has a next step. The same thing in life. Everyone in life has a next step. So I see my job, boiling it down into this analogy and this metaphor is, my job is like being a trainer can be best described as being a trainer. Say, okay, let me introduce you to this equipment over here. Let me show you how to use this thing. Okay, come over here. Come on, come here. Next, we're going to work on this. And this is how you work this piece of equipment. And then this is how this works. And this is how this works. And then I guide you in a series of next steps. Well, going to the gym for six weeks or maybe once a month or whenever is convenient, is that going to have any lasting results? in your life? You have a little bit, but it's not really going to change you as much as when you get serious and you want to get worked, when you want to start working out. And you think that I'm a workout crazy person by the analogies I'm using with the gym. I'm not. I need to. But when you get serious about working out, here's some things that you'll do. You'll schedule your next step. You'll find out that it works best if you have a workout buddy. Somebody you say, hey, I'm going to go to the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning. Will you come with me? So 6 o'clock comes and you're like, I don't want to get out of bed. Oh, yeah, I've got to meet that person there. That helps you. It Also, you have to make it a life change, not just go once or twice or whenever it's convenient to you. You'll see results within the first year. You don't see results the first day, the first week, the first month. But gradually, 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 you see some change happening in your life. Here again, tying into last week. You've got to continue in these next steps at the gym to maintain your health. It's a life change that happens. Now, the same thing is true in church. The same thing is true with your life with God. There's a series of next steps that you can take, and maybe you're already doing some of these, and maybe some of these you might say, well, you know, I'm kind of been scared about that one, or I really don't know about that one, or I'm not sure, and I want to challenge you today the same way I would challenge you if we were at a gym to say, hey, man, I want you to push the limits a little bit, and I want to see more results in your growth, in your being healthy. I want to see more results Here's the list, and it's not inclusive, but it's just some things. The first 15, we talk about it quite often. The first 15 minutes of your day, can you spend five minutes reading the Bible? Five minutes listening to worship music? Maybe it's just one song. And then five minutes praying. 
The first 15. Or maybe you want to read through the one-year Bible with us. It's in our app. It's really easy. It's super simple. It's right there. It's just got today's on there. And you just read it. It just takes about five or ten minutes. We have church prayer here every Saturday morning from eight to nine. We spread out all the prayer requests that we've had all year long. Come in here. We come and pray. And it's a real low-key time. And pray on your own. There's a prayer guide in the back that you can, you can follow along and just like let God grow. And then at the end, we have a corporate prayer. We come together. Of course, we have 21 days of prayer coming up soon. But you know, like say, man, I did 21 days of prayer and that was great, man. But that was just for that week. You know, those 21 days, you know, it's not like, because I'm I want to do it every week. But maybe you want to step out and take that additional step. Okay, I'll be uncomfortable and come on a Saturday morning and pray. Maybe you want to start changing a little bit of worship music into your regimented. Maybe while you're driving to work or you're driving home, instead of listening to whatever, you you put worship music on and say, God, I just want to give you a little bit of extra time. Maybe it's to spend a little bit more time in daily prayer. That instead of just in the first 15, you want to spend a few more minutes and say, God, I, I just really want to talk to you about this thing that's going on in my life and guide me and show me what you want. Maybe it's in the area of giving, or maybe it's water baptism. You say, man, I got baptized when I was a kid, or when this happened, and man, all the life changes and all the decisions, and I just feel like I need to do that again. That's fine. Maybe water baptism is your next step. Growth track, we talked about is coming up. We're trying to find every way in the world we can make it available to everybody possible. And like Michael said, we tried Saturday nights, and that was great. We got everybody able to do that. And we did a Wednesday night. We got people through that. And now people worked on Wednesday. So now we're doing it on Tuesday. Now we're trying to make it so everybody can have that opportunity. Growth track is an amazing time for you to learn about us, but learn about yourself. It's definitely a next step. Small groups, get involved in a small group. We'll be starting those up in a few weeks in the summer semesters, and you can do it. But here's just like a workout. It's best if you get a buddy. Say, hey, I'm going to come to church at the 11 o'clock, or I'm going to go to the 9.30. Will you come with me? So when the alarm goes off, you're like, "Ah, I don't want to get up and go work out. I mean, I don't want to get up and go to church. You can say, "Uh, oh, yeah, I'm meeting my buddy there. See, there are next steps, just like going to to the gym. It's not a checklist. It's not something you're just trying to say, look at what I did. Look how good I am, or let me feel good about myself. These are actual next steps for being healthy in your life and living life to the full. Results come with time, but lasting results come with a life change. Say that again. Lasting results come with a life change, which is why we ask you, to give us a year. Be all in. Jump into as many of the next steps as you can find and see what your life will look like. See, none of this is for me. None of this is for the church. None of this, is honestly, is for God. The whole list of next steps, they're all for you. They're all for seeing what God is going to do in your life. First of all, of all the next steps is knowing God. That's the first. That's the beginning of it all. And it, becomes, it begins with a decision. So if you'll close your eyes, if you'll bow your heads. It begins with a decision. A decision to accept Jesus, to invite him in. This morning can be your day. See, all of these steps... Every next step is followed by the one that starts it, but every one of them starts with accepting Christ. 
So maybe you've accepted Christ in the past and you say, man, if I'm honest, I'm far from God. Or maybe you've never said that prayer to invite Christ into your life. This morning can be your time. If that's you this morning, I want to lead you in a prayer. And you can pray. It's between you and God. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to invite anybody up here. But I just want to help you with the words, if that's you this morning. If that's you, say this. It's between you and God. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I invite you into my life, my hopes, and my future. I surrender it all to you. I come just as I am. I choose to follow you. And I trust in you to reveal to me my next step and every step from today forward. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or for another time. Father, I pray that you will just envelop them with your love and your acceptance. And Lord, I pray for every one of us in the, the sound of my voice, whether in this room, watching online, watching the, the, listening on the podcast, Lord, all the different ways in the, they could be listening, that we all take the next step. Lord, that thing that whenever I was talking about them, starts like making their heart beat faster, and like, oh, I know I need to do that. I pray, Lord, that we all take those steps to become more healthy and to have a life change to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.